verse 6. And it is actually the same uh, scripture that was used last week. Um, what we're actually doing is we, we're doing a series. It's called The Gift. Uh, and today I'm going to be uh, picking up uh, again and moving forward uh, with that. I want to give you guys a clue, though, as to the theme of today's message. Uh, I hope that a few of you may know this song. You are going to be very blessed and you are going to hear me sing. It won't be too a backing track. Uh, Anne-Marie laughs because she is also fully aware of my capabilities as a vocalist. So see, this is the first uh, uh, hint. Okay, so it's a Hillsong song. It's of recent times. I won't give out the name because in the first line, I think. Goes, Saviour, he can move the mountain. My God is. Oh, that was good. Someone hit real flat. It encouraged me because I was like, I'm not alone in this place. We are a family. I won't want to call them out, but Dan Het, thank you very much. I appreciate it. My God is mighty too. So here's a classic one uh, that uh, every now and then. Um, Destiny Rescue have their office here and I go into the office to have a reminisce with uh, Nathan Flannery as we grew up in Pentecostal uh, churches. Does everybody remember this song? What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. What a... See, now, Dan, why didn't you sing that one, man? Let us clap and praise. Does anyone remember that? And then there was tambourines and you'd have to go shake and hip and shake. Does nobody else remember that? Just me? That's what's going down in my chair. I remember my parents, we had the conga lines going. So what a mighty God we serve. Saviour, he can move the mountain. My God is mighty to save. So last week, I was really inspired hearing Pastor Greg preach. Thought that he did an amazing job illustrating a picture of our Saviour, Jesus Christ, the gift, talking about the Prince of Peace. Because he is the Prince of Peace, it means that we have peace with God, peace with ourselves and peace with others. So I'd like to continue this morning with Mighty God. Let's read Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 and it reads, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. The government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you that you're in this house this morning. And right now, in fact, I want to declare from the outset that he's a mighty God. There's going to be breakthrough this morning. Why don't we stand together real quickly and let's declare this morning who Jesus is, who the gift is this morning. So why don't you raise your hands in front of you. Lord God, today we will declare, I will declare that you are a mighty God. Lord, you are a mighty God that stands above all circumstances, all situations. Lord God, you are the ruler. You are the Prince of Peace. You are wonderful, Lord. And today we focus that you are a mighty God. You are mighty to save. You are mighty to deliver. You are mighty to provide because you are the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. There is nothing beyond what you can do. There is nothing beyond what you can change. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. 
So the context of this scripture, as Greg shared last week, and I'll just set it up a little bit again, is that it's around 700 BC. So the northern kingdoms, because we heard about how the, 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 the nations of Israel, they had split for a period of time, and the northern kingdoms had been taken captive and been conquered by a nation that the Bible states as the Assyrians. In this time of captivity, the Israelites begin, thank you, begin to doubt God's goodness. They even begin to question if God is even able to save them from the situation of their captors. There's been a portion of the nation, the northern kingdoms that have been taken down and they're, and they're, and they're facing hard times. They're facing doubt. They're, they're scared. And in the midst of the gloom, the doubt, the fear and the burden, Isaiah declares in faith and prophetically about a king that would come, that would deliver, set free and bring peace to a nation that was far from it at that present point. He begins to write about the nature of the king who we know as Jesus who would be faithful to his people. We see the description of a saviour that would be born in a little over 700 years' time. What I love about Isaiah chapter 6, chapter 9 verse 6, is that we see four descriptions and, and we learned last week that it, that it talks about the throne names of God with the expression that God takes place for those names. So we see wonderful counsellor. So what that means, it means that God by his character is a counsellor. But its expression is that his counsel is wonderful. That means it's good. That means it's right and true. That's never manipulated. It means God at his character is a counsellor and the expression of his counsel is wonderful. That's our God. I'll skip mighty God just for a minute. It says everlasting Father. So we know that God by character, He is our heavenly Father. But it says everlasting because we know that our word says He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He has always been there. He will forever be there. He will forever be our Father, everlasting Father. Prince of Peace. I love last week that God by character is Prince. Prince denoting that he's a ruler and that he will rule with peace. It means the expression of the fact that he rules is that he is able to settle those that are under his rule with peace. You know, I even look at that and I think that not only does he is the Prince of Peace as he gives peace, that he will always rule in peace because he will, he will, never, be, he will never be challenged beyond what he can handle. Amen. Mighty God. So if you have a look behind me, you can see there that it says mighty God and on the other side, warrior. And you might think to me, well, where, where in Scripture, how did you get to that expression when it says wonderful counsellor, mighty God, Prince of Peace, everlasting Father? How do you get to a place where you see mighty God, warrior? Well, what happens is that what, what I love about learning about the Bible is that in Hebrew, because they have less words than us, they actually express things with pictures. Now, what happens is whenever you read the Bible, you have the root word 
in, in Hebrew. So, so the original translation, but what you have is you have the verb and, and then you have like uh, what, what's called the gender. So for example, in Italian, uh, the gender would be A and O. So A being feminine, such as nonna, so that's grandma, so that's a, the feminine noun, or O, like nonu, or O is the masculine. So you've got the root word, you've got the, the verbs, and then you've got the gender uh, within that. Now what is cool is about reading the word mighty, it's pronounced in Hebrew. I had to listen to it about a hundred times. I had to get them to keep reading it because, man, that stuff is hard to say. But it is gibor, and I practice that a lot, and I just knocked that out the park, not that you would know. <laughs> I'm telling you, that is how it is said. Now, it's, a, it's describing word for gibor, mighty, is a masculine noun, which is giver, meaning strong, a strong man, warrior, able to fight. So mighty within itself is painting a picture in the Hebrew of someone who is mighty, someone who is strong, and someone who is willing and ready to fight. That's what it says in the essence of the word as it's being described, as it's displaying a picture. So it is Gabor El, mighty God. El, like in El Shaddai, El in itself means God. It means mighty one. So what Isaiah is painting for God in this scripture is that God's character is that he is a mighty God. And that its expression is that he is a warrior that will go to war. So when you look back at the context now that Isaiah is prophetically declaring this in faith, he's saying to a people that are in captivity, he's saying to a people that are in hard times that there is a God that is coming, there is a Saviour that is coming and He is mighty, He is a strong God willing to fight. He is a mighty God. It means that for the Israelites then, that there is a God that fights for them. And it means that to us today, that there is a God in heaven that fights for us. He's there and he's willing. It says strong and in the description of the word, it says and willing and ready to fight. Isaiah is describing a deliverer, a king of kings, a saviour. That's our God. So everyone needs at some point somebody to fight for them. At some point, you need someone to be able to help you. Do you know that being married for 10 years, it's always a risk when this happens. April needs me to open a jar. In that moment, I have to assess two things. It might not be the same for every guy in this room, but I have to assess straight away, am I capable of opening the jar? I can admit it, I'm okay. You know, it could be the sore wrist or the pain I have to endure. I reckon I've almost done a peck trying to open these things up. But what happens is April has realised that she's in a situation where she requires something, but she is needing something outside of herself to come in to be able to bring breakthrough in the situation so that she can get access to what is required. I'm going to work on that a bit later. Stay with me. The other, it would have been about, oh, I reckon... Two and a bit years ago, I went in to uh, see my car get serviced. My father-in-law is a mechanic and um, I wanted to uh, be with him while he worked on the car. So at that time, I needed new brake pads. So I had to squeeze a portion of this brake pad. 
to try or, or this part of the car to be able to get the brake pads in. And I am squeezing at this component and squeezing and I'm getting nowhere. And, and then John comes around the corner and he sees what I'm doing. He squeezes it without a problem and puts the brake pad in. Now in the two examples, we, we've got one, when, when April wasn't able to open the jar, it made me look stronger. In, in her weakness, it made me look stronger with the car, for example. I was not able to do it. So in my weakness, it made my father-in-law look stronger. If you guys could turn with me in your Bibles to a scripture. And very quickly, we'll get there in a minute. It's 2 Corinthians 12, 9. You see, the Israelites were the same. They were the same as myself. They were the same as April. They were in a situation where they did not have the strength to overcome the situation that we're in. As people, we do not have the strength to overcome sin and our nature. But what we do is we are reliant on a God who is willing to fight for us so that He can come into our situation to help us. They needed a warrior. They needed breakthrough. Isaiah in his statement, in his statement describes many things about the Saviour. But the one thing that I want you guys to focus in on today is that God is a mighty God warrior who is strong and willing to fight. This is what Jesus means to us today. So my point one is, as you can see there, because of Jesus, we have strength. What is great about being a Christian is this. You don't need to be the strongest in every situation. We don't need to be. We don't even need to fight battles on our own. And in fact, we don't because Jesus is strong. Now, a battle can be anything that simply overwhelms you in life, a battle that we fight that we might have weakness to. It could be anything from a presentation at school or work. I know a lot of people get anxiety about that. A lot of people, uh, an overwhelming circumstance or situation might be a confrontation, something that you're just not looking forward to. Uh, a battle in life could be health. There are a lot of people in this room alone that battle in regards to health. Whether your battle may be any of these things, know that they never overshadow God because He is mighty. They, will never, they may overshadow us, but they will never overshadow God. Let's read 2 Corinthians 12, 9. And it reads this. Each time He said, My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness so that I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. Then verse 10, which is behind us. That's why I take pleasure in my weakness and in my insults, hardships, persecutions and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. It says that my, my power, this is Christ. He's saying, my, my, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. I'm realising that I don't need to always have it together because my God is with me. Paul almost brags about his challenges. 
his weaknesses because he knows it highlights the strength of God. If we go back to the example with the sauce bottle, I was saying that in April's weakness, it highlighted my strength or in my weakness, it highlighted my father-in-law's strength. Well, what Paul is saying here is that in our weakness, it's actually an opportunity to highlight the strength that God has for our lives. We don't need to be strong. We need to be reliant. Let me say it to this. You don't need to be strong. You need to be reliant. Often I find that burnout comes when we are trying to do it in our own strength and not the strength of a mighty God warrior who is strong and is willing to get in the battle with us. Why does Paul get excited? Because he knew that if he couldn't do something, it was an opportunity to show the world his mighty God. Paul realised that our mighty God warrior would fight for him. Our weaknesses can be displayed in many ways. Let, let's not beat around the bush. That sinful nature, broken people, weakened by our desires and our self-centeredness. We may be insulted We may be put down, persecuted, but we have a God that in our weakness is waiting in the wings to fight for us. He is using our weaknesses to show His strength as we fight for Him to bring Him glory. Are you aware of that today? The battles you fight are actually about bringing glory to the King of Kings. Paul writes this about God, that when he's weak, he is strong. And Isaiah in chapter 9, once again, shows us that a mighty God warrior who is strong and willing to fight for us, not just strong to watch you suffer. People think, where is God? Where is he? I don't know where he is. God knows what we can handle and is willing and ready to go into battle. Often, it is because we are still trying to hold things up ourselves. I want to tell you this morning, our God is more than able and willing to fight. So what does that mean? It means this, straight away when you know that in our weakness that He is strong, it gives you a testimony, doesn't it? It gives you a testimony to tell about the work of God. If we even go back to the jar analogy again, I can say to April, you know, oh, how did you make the pasta sauce? Well, you couldn't have done it without me. But the fact is, is that we walk through life and many, many things are accomplished by the strength that God has put in our lives. It's an opportunity to tell the world how it was done. A lot of you guys are going to do great things, which means God will give you strength to have a great testimony. It gives you confidence. Don't look at the perspective of what you're capable of doing. Look at the perspective always of what he's capable of doing through you. Because our God is strong. So get excited. Point two is because of Christ, we are successful. We can succeed. I look at my garden recently out the front of my house and um, I have quite a vivid imagination. I often wander off. and I, I, I imagined if I had this incredibly large garden and this was the, as I was thinking about this sermon, uh, and spending time with the Lord. This is the picture I got. There's this incredible garden. And, and what happened is it, it's been let go, but it has incredible potential. 
And because of the incredible potential, there is a landscaper uh, that comes in and begins to pour time and pour love into the garden and begins uh, to work on it and, and begins to shape it and begins to bring it to a level that when people come past, they are amazed to look in at this garden. But he doesn't just do it once. You see, what happens is he comes back and he continues to maintain the garden. He continues to come back to the garden each time so that it can stay at a place where it is significant and stay at a place where it should be. In Romans chapter 8.34, it reads this, Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died more than that, who was raised who is at the right hand of the Father, who who indeed is interceding for us. You see, who can condemn us? What that says there is that Christ died and because he died, we are justified through his act on the cross. And because of that, he now currently intercedes for us on our behalf to God. He continues like the gardener to continue to come back and continue to intercede. He continues to stand on our behalf for us. So if we're with Christ and if Christ is is with us, how can we lose? If Christ is for me, who can be against me? Now, I am not saying that that does not mean we won't have our faith tested. It doesn't mean that you won't go through hard times. It won't go through challenges. But what it does mean is that at the end of your journey, you win because Christ is with you. The devil can never take away your salvation. At the end of the day, you win when you have Jesus. He restored our lives to God. He continues to intercede because He is a strong God who is willing to fight. He restored our lives to a right place and continues to do so. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says this, But thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I have uh, recently been playing basketball in the backyard with my kids. And what I love about it is that Lila, who is my youngest, it's, she's on my team, and then my two older ones, which is Jai and, and Kiara, they're on another team. And, and, and Lila is absolutely ferocious. She's just in there. It surprises me so much because she's watched her big brother and sister play. She just knows what to do. But... We were playing on Wednesday this week and Jai starts to cry. And I'm like, Jai, why are you crying? And do you know why he was crying? He says this, he says, if you're on the other team, I don't win. And I was like, that is right. Remember that the rest of your life. <laughs> and tell your brother and your sisters that as well. In fact, let me get the camera. I'm coming back. Say it again. Remember this moment. But what had happened is that he had realised that if he was with the father, if he was with his, you know, his dad, he can't lose. Our saviour is with us. We can't lose. Often we need to reflect on our own mentality. That's what the Bible talks about, renewing your mind and realise this. That because of what Jesus did, you are a winner. You can walk with boldness. You can step out in faith because He is with you. 
Isaiah chapter 9, 6 tells us about a saviour, a mighty God who is strong and willing to fight. Never doubt your position. Jesus loved you enough to die for you and he loves you enough to keep fighting for you. So what's the application then? Well, in 1 Timothy, it writes this, fight the good fight of faith. A great way to honour those that help you is to do the best you can. It's a great way to honour them. I remember when we first moved here this December, we've been here four years. It's unbelievable. can't believe it's been nearly four years. But initially, some of you would know this, some of you wouldn't. I decided to do renovations myself. I am a nurse by trade. I am not a tradesman. So I went in there and we moved into a house and I am incredibly finicky with hygiene. It's just who I am. And I said to April, I will never put my feet on that shower floor. So what I went in and I ended up uh, pulling out the entire bathroom in one day, which was great because I said, it's cool, we'll renovate it. We ran out of money and we had one ensuite bathroom for 12 months until one day some people in the church felt sorry for me. Chris and Kane, they're both here today and they came around to help me tile. And when I say they came around to help me tile is they tiled and I tried my best to help. But what happened is when they came around, I didn't just sit there. I didn't just watch TV. I didn't just hang about and sort of pop in every now and then. I tried to be useful. I I ran and grabbed tiles. They needed things. I held things in position. I did as much as I possibly could to honour the fact that they helped me. Timothy is saying, fight the good fight of faith. This is the thing is that we walk by faith and not by sight, but it is challenged because it is a fight and it is a good fight. But here's the thing. The fight is fixed. It's already been won. You already have the helper with you. His name is Jesus. He is a mighty God warrior willing to fight with you. You're a winner. You will succeed. You have to walk in it. Take a hold of it. Please, I pray that God will reveal to you that you can do great things. Don't let your own mentality limit your effectiveness because God has written out the days of your life. He's written out the days of your life and therefore He's made plans that are to prosper you, to give you a future and a hope. You were created to be in a relationship with God and because of Christ's work, you have already been successful because you are now in relationship with God. So go and make a difference. The rest of it doesn't really matter. But you have an opportunity to be effective. So do the best you can. Strive, have big dreams, step out in faith, start businesses, invest in people, talk to your neighbours, take risks in faith because there's a mighty God that when all of a sudden you realise it's beyond your capacity, but remember that when you are weak, He is strong. It means that when you begin to sink, He reaches out. He'll always be there. You are a winner. You will be successful. But in talking about being successful, I wanted to give you guys five things that I believe uh, when success comes, make sure that you know that your success is about honouring God and not building your own kingdom. And these things are the first one I believe is effectiveness. You are being effective in stewarding what God has given you, not what you've brought yourself. 
and you're not wasting God-provided opportunities. The second thing is joy. There is a joy that the Lord gives you when you strive to succeed for Him. The next one is balance. You honour your God, your family and your commitments with integrity and as an example. You are making a difference. There is fruit in what you are doing for the kingdom of God. And a backbone of all of this is motivation. Why are you doing it? You're doing it for the King of Kings. If you ever question your motivation as to why you're doing something, that will often then you'll find the answer. You will be successful, but remember that we do it for Jesus to bring honour and glory to Him. Because remember that in our weakness is an opportunity for God to shine. In our weakness is an opportunity for us to show the world that there is a mighty God that battles for us. People in our community need to know that there is a God that loves them. Point three, safety. Teagues, I might get you to come up for a little bit. Because of Jesus, you are safe. So next slide, please. Psalm 17, 8 says this. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. Under the wings, there is safety, security, love, and protection. Over summer, we go down to Geelong a lot. Um, he, Geelong is a, here's the best place in my opinion in the world to live. Geelong's a great place to holiday. And we often go down to a pool uh, there. And my kids are just learning how to swim, but they haven't quite got a hold of it yet. So what happens is often I'll stand in the water and, and I'll encourage one of them to jump to me. And it's the cutest little scenario ever. I lo- I, I'm so grateful to Lord that, that, that he's allowed me to have these kids. And, and they jump into the water. But often it's far out of their depth. It's way out of their depth, but not mine. So as I hold on to them, I say to them, Dad's got you, Dad's got you. But what what happens is as I float around, uh, they realise that more and more that they're out of their depth. So when they're out of their depth, what do they do is they cling tighter to me. They cling tighter, they hold on to me, they recognise where they are at and cling to what can save them. In our weakness... We need to cling to the Father where there's safety, where we can sit under the shadow of His wings. We have always been held up by the grace of God, our Father. And that does not change. God is never, ever out of His depth. And therefore, we're safe to go into deeper water than we've ever been. Because from safety, you can actually do more. I was reading this week a really interesting thing about the construction of the Golden uh, Gate Bridge. And and what happens is uh, as they were building it, there were people that kept falling. And uh, it wasn't good. They'd fall to their death. So in the last uh, phase of the construction, they put out an incredibly large net. And what happened is people would fall. It says up to 10 people fell, but were saved by the net. But here's the interesting thing, is that the productivity went up 25% more 
because of the men had assurance of their safety and that they were free to wholeheartedly serve the project. Once they had realised they were safe, they were able to work more productively. What's the application of that? You are safe. There is a mighty God that will battle for you. There is a God that will go in. You are safe. Therefore, you can step out in faith. You can attempt to be more productive because a mighty God is with you. He is your safety net. He's never out of His depth. You are safe. You are secure because of a mighty God who loves you, is willing to fight for you. face fear somebody here today you need to face a fear because God is with you face doubt He is with you, dream bigger He is with you, put yourself out there, you are under the shadow of His wings So when we look at Isaiah, we're beginning to see half the picture that Isaiah was prophetically declaring about our God, about our Saviour Jesus, that because He's the Prince of Peace, you have peace with God. So you win. But you have peace with yourself and you have peace with others. But because He is a mighty God, you are strong. You will be successful. You've already successful if you've met Jesus and you are safe. But what I want to do this morning, just quickly, is if everybody could close their eyes just for privacy's sake. There might not, there might be a person here today, I'm not sure, but I'd love to have the honour to ask you this question. Do you know Jesus as your mighty God? As your personal Saviour? You see, in Romans chapter 3, 23, it says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've all done something wrong. But what that means, if you've ever lied, if you've ever, if you've ever stolen, if you've ever thought about, thought about somebody, it means that you've sinned. And in Romans 6, 23, it says, but the wage of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So it means that if you've done something wrong that that you've ever sinned, it means that, that the punishment for that is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus. It says that if you ask Jesus into your heart, that success I'm talking about, it happens this morning. Because in Romans 10, chapter 9 and 10, it says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. If you're not sure this morning, if Jesus is your Lord and Saviour, while every head is bowed and every eye is closed, if that's you and you want to make Jesus your Lord, you want to make Him your mighty God, your protector, the one that gives you peace, I just want you to raise your hand just quickly if there's anybody in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can pop your Praise God. So what we're going to do this morning is we're all going to pray a prayer together. Praise God. Let's pray. And this is called just simply the sinner's prayer. 
And what that means is that it is just a way of asking God to become your Saviour so that you know that your, your eternity is assured, that, you, that He is your God, that you are a Christian, which means follower of Christ. So just if you guys repeat after me, Dear Heavenly Father, Jesus, today I come to you and admit I am a sinner. I admit I've done stuff wrong. And today I ask you to forgive me. Jesus, will you come into my life? Be my Lord and Saviour. So that I'm in right standing with you and, my, and your Father. That I could be a Christian. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Fantastic. Hey, to that person that uh, put their hands up, if you uh, could meet me in the Connect Corner after the service, that'd be great. Um, praise God. He's good, isn't he? Someone entered the kingdom today. Let's give the Lord a hand. So why don't we stand just for a minute in closing. I'll invite the rest of the band. We're just going to take a moment just now to spend some time with God.